Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. I am your host, Dalton Miller, joined, as always, by Ian Cummings. And today, we're going to talk about some freak athletes. We're going to be talking about Bruce Feldman's 2023 list of the freaks in college football. And as his headline said, there was a true freshman at number one. This is a draft podcast, so we're not going to talk about the 6'4 kid that's 240 pounds and runs like a 10-0 in the 100-meter dash. So we are going to get into some of the best athletes in college football. I'm excited for it, but first, I always got to ask, Ian, how are you doing today? I appreciate you making time for that question, man. I really do. We're doing good. We're doing good. It's a Monday. Uh, we're getting back into the swing of things. It's actually week zero of college football. So yes, it is. not too long here. We're going to have some action, live action on the television and always fun to watch these guys go at it. And then week one after that, uh, pretty soon, before we know it, conference play will be here. Uh, it it kind of goes quicker as you get into it. But for now, we've got one more week to unpack some of the summer uh, developments. And the Feldman's Freaks list was one of them that we kind of touched on a little bit last week. Uh, I think 101 players on it this year, so a ton of talent. Um, and it, 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 it's always important to note, like this is not an all-encompassing list. Like there are very good athletes who didn't make the list. There are guys that are maybe more athletics than some of the guys that are on the list, right? But this is a really good primer, I think, for some of the top athletic talents in the nation. And it also kind of, you know, shows you which programs always produce that kind of talent. We made a tally, and I think Penn State led it with six. Michigan was up there with four, maybe technically five. Julius Welshoff transferred from Michigan to Charlotte this past offseason. But some those those blue chip programs, those blue blood programs, they always find themselves near the top there. Yeah, and then you know when you look at uh, at who had three, um, Ohio State, another another Big Ten team. I mean, and, yep. and when you look at you know sort of the preseason NFL draft rankings when you go position by position, and this is something that Ian has worked very hard on this offseason. Um, you know, I'm 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 in control of the SEC for Pro Football Network. Ian is doing the Big Ten and you're doing the ACC as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're doing the ACC and Big Ten and I'm looking at these top tens. And, you know, just for me watching tape of the SEC, it, it does not seem to be their year. Now, obviously with the SEC, you have a bunch of five-star recruits from the Southeast that are going to come out of nowhere. Yep. Um, and we are going to talk about one of those guys, not coming out of nowhere, but he only played – uh, what, like half a quarter last year, and we might as well just start off with him a while. That is defensive tackle from LSU, Mason Smith. Um, when I watched him from two years ago, I saw somebody who, as an athlete and, and as just a physical presence, kind of reminded me of the, my first thought was David Irving when he was going crazy for the Dallas Cowboys, somebody who um not quite like DeForest Buckner because I think DeForest Buckner is even a little bit taller and uses that kind of length to his advantage which is something that is incredibly difficult for defensive linemen to do because you always hear low man wins and leverage is fantastic well when you're mm -hmm. six seven and you have a swim move that can go over the top of somebody's head yeah. it's freaky uh David Irving was a little bit different um and, and I think Mason Smith is as well but what's crazy about Smith is he is also in that 315, 320 pound range at that athleticism, at that type of play style that he has. I think that he is one of the freakiest guys relative to where he is as an athlete and what position he plays. So I, I was really excited to see him on the list, and I'm really excited for him to be back and to be fully healthy this year. 
Yeah, me too. I remember popping on some 2021 tape because obviously, you know, he had the unfortunate injury when I think it was during a celebration. He tore his ACL, unfortunately. So, you know, had a really good first drive for that 2022 campaign. We didn't get to see him kind of take that leap off of that really impressive freshman year. But there is that tape to go back on. And, you know, I remember watching LSU against Florida in 2021 and mason smith is this six foot six 300 pound guy lining up at five tech and even you know mm-hmm. like seven tech at times and rushing outside the tackle and he's got the ankle flexion to get around the apex there you know but then you know on top of the athleticism too he's using successive hands he's using you know club rip combos to get around the edge right he's being combative so you know having that ability and sometimes you know that refinement definitely comes with practice but if you're so athletic if, if it just comes so naturally to you because you're so gifted that does give you an edge with adding those things to your game. And I think we've seen that with Mason Smith. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year because I likened him to Stefan to it a little bit when I was watching him, you know, a really a lot yeah. versatile guy who's, you know, kind of in that six foot six, 300 pound mold. But here's the thing, man, looking at the Feldman's freaks list, apparently he's up to 315 now and he didn't lose any speed. I think they clocked him at 19 and a half miles an hour last year or before last year. And then now he's at 19.2. So barely any speed lost adding 15 pounds of mass man he could be a game wrecker we'll see but i think the upside is definitely there and then malik neighbors was the other lsu product on this list as well man and we talked about him a little bit last week a guy who's super explosive super fast and he had a 40 inch vertical documented on felman's freaks but also uh, i think it was a i can't remember what the what the um metric was called i gotta scroll down here but some um, it was it was the metric that measured how quickly you reached that 40 inch mark and it was um yeah, a reactive strength index is what it's called. Yeah, that's that's one thing I love about Feldman's Freaks is it introduces you to, you know, you got the 40-yard dash, you got the vertical, you got the broad, right? But this introduces you to new ways to measure a player's athleticism, and especially in this day and age where, you know, GPS metrics are becoming more and more important. You know, it's something you got to keep an open mind to because it does matter. It all matters at the end of the day. It's all, it's all different segments of information. But he had a 1.01 reactive strength index, so reaching that 40-inch vertical mark very quickly. And then I think he had 2,700 watts of peak power in the power clean, right? Which I saw, I saw the peak watt stuff when I was going through the Feldman freak list. And I was like, what, like we are getting an insane amount of data on athleticism at this point. And and I think what we're going to have to do over these next couple of years is really parse through all of it and see, you know, what makes sense to use and what doesn't make sense to use. I'm always somebody who likes to have more information about things. Um, but I'm also very skeptical. I'm very, I'm very you rarely, sure you know, what's applicable. In the yeah. I'm very rarely yeah. an early adopter with these kinds of things, just because I come from it with a little bit of a critical eye. But I, I think when you're able to measure, you know, the explosiveness of somebody off of the floor, I, I think that that is something that is incredibly important because when we look at something like even a, a running back who gets hit, um, you know, when he, when he meets a, a linebacker at the hole, are his feet going to stop or is he going to be able to keep churning without, you know, a loss of momentum and pick up those extra yards. So I think, you know, these different measurements that we can get for guys athletically, I think is really important. And it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years, what sticks and what doesn't and what more information we're able to get things like catapult the, uh, I know a lot of people make fun of them because they're like, you know, men's sports brawls. Uh, but they measure heart rate. They measure, you know, the the speed that you're that you're moving, and they're incredibly accurate. Um, I know footballers or, or soccer players um, mm-hmm. have been using them for years, and and now the NFL and NCAA are starting to use them a lot, and a lot of uh, private coaches um, and, and combine trainers 
uh, are using them now as well. So I think it's really interesting to see all the information we have. But let's move on, and we're going to get to Kingsley Suamataya. And I'm almost sure that I said that right, and I really I hope that I did because I, I, uh, I, I hate saying names wrong. But the six foot six, 325-pound offensive tackle from BYU, and as you noted here, more athletic than Blake Freeman. Talk to me about Kingsley because I that's, know you've watched him. That's what they're saying, man, is that he's more athletic than Blake Freeland. I That's a high bar to clear because last cycle, we all remember Blake Freeland around six foot eight, over 300 pounds, right, at the NFL Combine, breaking the offensive tackle record for the vertical jump with 37 inches. That's an absurd number. I mean, I don't even think Trent Especially Williams Especially at that got size. That Why point. is he not playing yeah. basketball? Exactly, man. I don't know, man. But I mean, hey, he's got a bright future at tackle if he can keep finding so, that technique. Think yeah. about that. A 37-inch vert at over 300 pounds. Imagine if, yeah. you know, like so many offensive linemen do after they retire. Imagine if he got down to 220 pounds, 230 pounds, what that vertical leap could be. That they would be, be crazy. freaky. I mean, you see you see how much they cut weight, like Joe Thomas at the uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement mm-hmm. ceremony. Like, this is a guy who was over 300 his entire career, and he's looking like, uh, you know, not even a tight end. Like, you could put him a big big slot out there, man. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's lean. So, you know, you see that. It's it's exciting to think about. But you mentioned it, too, you know, 37-inch vertical, and then having that reach, too, it's very valuable. And then, you know, we talk about the different metrics that people are using to measure athleticism in this day and age. think about power on the field right power is force and force is mass you know times velocity right so it's all physics and if you have more momentum coming out of your stance you can generate more power simple as that and then you you bring that back to Kingsley Suamataya from BYU uh, and the dude is explosive I mean it's eye-catching some guys you just know on tape like explosiveness because there's a lot of good athletes on the field so sometimes it can be hard to differentiate you know you really got to watch and you really got to be diligent in differentiating what is good explosiveness what is great what is elite right you need to differentiate kingsley is elite and that much is very clear on the tape he he accelerates into contact with extreme urgency um but not just that too i mean obviously an explosive athlete but tenacious physical relentless competitor he's a mauler at the point of attack um but i you can just see the freedom of movement at six foot six 320 and that's something they mentioned too not just explosive but you know, fluid, maintaining balance as he's applying power as well. That's another very important quality for offensive tackles to have. And he's got that, uh, you know, they say he's more freaky than Freeland. It's a high bar to clear, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets near those numbers. And if he does, we've been seeing him in a lot of round one mock drafts. I'd have to think he stays there because he's got all the tools you want. Absolutely. Now we're, we're going to move on once again. Um, and we're going to move on to Michigan's Chris Jenkins, somebody who I watched Turkish get up with a 170 pound dumbbell. And it's really funny because that 170 pound dumbbell, and it's something that I've noticed about Michigan's uh, strength room, their their weight room is that they have all of the top of line equipment. So a lot of the times when you see a 170 pound dumbbell, it will literally be bigger than like the width of my shoulders. And I don't have very broad shoulders, but um, they're massive. And this one is very compact. And with the way that he got up, you can really see the balance and athleticism that he has. Somebody who came into Ann Arbor, you know, sub 260 pounds, is really beefed up, added a lot of weight. And when you add a lot of weight like that, it's very easy to continually get stronger. You're in a caloric surplus. You're able to build muscle. And he's been able to do that. But to do that and keep the explosiveness that he has and the ease of movement that he has as well, I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's somebody who 
continuously flashed playing opposite or not opposite, but beside Mozzie Smith last year, somebody who obviously I have an intimate knowledge of. Um, and I'm very excited to see where Jenkins ceiling can be because he was still playing at, you know, something around 280, 285 pounds last year. He's going to continue to add weight, continue to get stronger. And if he's able to keep that athleticism, that, that uh, explosiveness, he's somebody who as Bruce Feldman said in the freaks list from Jim Harbaugh here, mm-hmm. somebody who they think can be a top 10 level pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about Chris Jenkins, look at some of the numbers that are reported alleged in this Feldman's freaks list, six foot three up to 307 pounds. Now 32 bench reps at 225. Mozzie Smith was the only player who surpassed that at the 2022 NFL combine or 2023 NFL combine with 34 reps. Six one or seven one six three cone, which the best positional three cone at defensive tackle in 2023 was 730. 433 shuttle, the positional best at defensive tackle in 2023 was 451. And then a 98 broad jump, 34 inch vertical. You check the boxes, man. He's got size, he's got power, he's got strength, explosiveness, agility, and twitch, flexibility. I mean, the balance as well. You know, you check those boxes and he's got everything you need to be that complete destructive force at three tech. I would love to see him alongside Mozzie in the NFL if the Cowboys end up having a need there and want to, you know, pair those guys together again. But, you know, does he even make it that far? We've said if he reaches the ceiling, top 10, top 15 is definitely in the equation. He might not be a draft prospect who gets a lot of buzz this year because he won't have a ton of playing time, I don't think. They added Josh Wallace in the transfer portal. But we got to talk a little bit, a tiny bit, about Amorian Walker, their cornerback, wide receiver convert. Those numbers from him are particularly freaky. Yeah, go ahead, um, because I don't have his numbers right here. Yeah, real quick, 6'3", yes, right 180. 434 40 yard dash 610 reported three cone you see that's the thing we mentioned last week like every summer it's not gonna happen every summer we see a freaky number from michigan and they end up testing very well but 610 that's a record and that's a record by a safe margin so it's like you got to take it like with a a slight grain of salt like you said earlier but i mean 610 three cone 389 shuttle 11 4 broad jump 42 inch vertical they're just they're feeding they're doing something different in michigan they always churn out the best athletes and that kind of that translates to a quality program a quality product on the field as well so you know i wish we could talk about michigan for the entire time here man we got so much ammunition to do it but let's go a little bit farther down the board i want to real quick i I just want to i just want to bring up the fact that they're saying they're alleging he's gonna run a 610 three cone yeah at six foot three. No, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to do that at six foot three. Your, your body anatomically, there is no way you're going to be able to change direction like that. I, and, and listen, at 180 pounds, he is very, very slim. So he doesn't have a lot of extra weight to carry around. But there's just no way somebody that lanky can have that elite of a three cone. It, it's just it's not going to happen. And, and it would be awesome to see him, you know, in that six, eight range, but that mm-hmm. is a whole seven tenths of a second slower. That is a lot. That is a ton when we are talking about something like this. It's just sounds like doubting it's unbelievable. Me, it sounds like doubting. I got to keep it. It open is mind, doubting. Man. It's, it's absolutely doubting. Here's because the thing. It would Even break, if, what is the record for the three cone? It's, it's it, 
It's, it's I, I want to say it's in the 6'3", six, like, six, 6'4", maybe. Maybe 6'4". I don't know. Six, like late 6'4". But yeah. even if you if he, even if he does a 6'8", at 6'3", like that's nothing to scoff at. That's really good. No, so absolutely like, not. Yeah, exactly. So real quick, let's flip to the other end of the spectrum. This was actually a really interesting exercise. Uh, you, you suggested doing a school tally just to see where the schools represented. And Michigan was near the top with four. Uh, Penn State was at the top with six. You had a lot of teams with three. One school surprised me. Alabama only had one prospect on this list, and that was Chris Braswell. You did the SEC review, so you've seen a little bit of him opposite Dallas Turner. Talk to me about what you saw on the field, and obviously the numbers are very impressive. Apparently he's up to around 256 pounds at six foot three. Apparently he's got a 38 and a half inch vertical, uh, almost 22 miles an hour max speed. Squatted 705 pounds last year. That's that's absurd. So uh-huh. talk to me about Braswell and what he's got going for him. I would like to see that squat um, because yeah. a lot of people talk about, you know, they squat this much. Well, they ended up being like a high, uh, like a high um, box squat where he's not even going near 90 degrees yeah. or, or something like that. I want to see this as a legitimate uh, Nick Chubb weight on your back, no box going to, to at least parallel. That's what I want to see out of it. But no, 700 pounds is, is a ridiculous squat. And, I, that would flatten I, me instantly. I know oh, that. Yeah, hundred percent. I wouldn't even get it off the rack. Um, but I think when I watched Braswell, that's not the. And this is something that we have to consider when we look at these lists as well. Just because somebody is a freak athlete, you know, in athletic testing, doesn't mean they're going to be a freak football player. When I look at Chris Braswell, I look at him kind of in the same mold as somebody like an Anthony Jennings from Alabama a couple of years ago, somebody who is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? He doesn't really have the flexibility uh, to be a down in and down out edge rusher at the NFL level. I don't think, I don't think that he, you know, it, I think guys can get away with it if they have the power, if they have the hand technique. But when I watch Braswell, I look at a guy who is a little bit of a mix between an off-ball linebacker and somebody who, in a straight line, can run really fast but doesn't have the type of agility, flexibility to be that edge rusher at the next level consistently. So I think it'll be interesting to see how teams want to use him. I definitely think that he is in that day day three range for me as a prospect, and I think where his best fit would be is as an outside linebacker, but somebody who can drop into coverage a little bit, can be a good run defender and is a good chase and tackle guy. But I don't think it will ever be a high end pass rusher at the NFL level, just from what I saw from him last year in, uh, in relief of Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's another important note to make, you know, with guys like, like this, you know, cause that's, what we were talking about at the very beginning of this episode, like there are players who deserve to be on this list that aren't right. Like Dallas Turner, you know, across from him, you watch him, you know, he can, he has the numbers to get on this list. Like, you know, he does. And he's got the flexibility that Braswell doesn't quite have either. So it's another thing, like take the list with a grain of salt because it's not all encompassing. And like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, great athleticism. It's definitely conducive to success at the NFL level. It's definitely something that can separate people, but at the same time, you know, you as a player need to take the steps to add on to that. And also, you know, athleticism, you know, explosiveness, straight line, you know, doesn't account for every athletic or physical quality that you need at the next level. And sometimes you can have a trump card. Uh, look at somebody yeah. like Montez Sweat from mm-hmm. Washington, who I didn't think had any bend whatsoever. And I was very skeptical about his NFL projection. 
But when you run a four to three at 265 pounds and you have that power uh, potential that he has, I think that he has been fantastic as a pro. I think that he has been the best pass rusher in that duo, even when the other one, Chase Young, has been healthy. And uh, I think that when you look at this, I look at the difference between a player like Chris Braswell and a player like Chop Robinson from Penn State, who is kind of in that same 250-ish pound mold. Not somebody I have scouted in depth yet, but you watch the Big Ten. So tell me what you think about Chop Robinson, because you look at this, a guy that they're saying is running, going to run a sub 4'5" somebody who broad jump 10, seven bench presses, 400 pounds. Do you see, and this is what I really want to know. Do you see that type of strength from him on the field? Yeah, that was an interesting one to, to read about in this article, because I was honestly like, there's always a few guys that you're hoping get onto this list, right? You know, it'll be confirmation for, you know, the potential you think they have, right? Chop Robinson to me, especially going through this edge class, man. I mean, you've got Jared Verse, obviously, Dallas Turner, JT Tui Molau, uh, Braylon Trice, Princely Uman Milan from Florida, right? A lot of high upside guys. Now, I looked at Chop Robinson, 6'3". He was a- around the 245, 247 range last year. He's up over 250 now, uh, according to Feldman's Freaks, um, but doesn't quite have the length or the mass that some of these other guys do, right? And so that was kind of something that I was questioning heading into it, right? You know, if you don't have that elite wingspan, you know, power output, especially at contact, is often a function of, you know, having that length kind of like, you know, holding a hammer, right? If you want to generate more power, you hold the hammer at the bottom of the handle, right? If you want more control at the top, right? But you're going to get less power. So if you're a longer guy, you've got more power generation potential. And then if you can get that explosiveness off the line and channel it, it's great to have. But Chop Robinson to me didn't quite have that. So I was really hoping to see that athletic upside on tape to kind of compensate for that right the explosiveness the pursuit speed the bend obviously and you know i think you see it in spurts i want to see it a little more consistently uh the burst is definitely there off the line the burst and the twitch i think that's definitely there but it it was confirming it was reassuring to see the numbers in feldman's freaks you know going a four four seven four year dash ten seven broad jump uh the benching 400 pounds that kind of speaks to the you know the explosiveness that you have kind of uh coiled up in that lower body right so i think that was reassuring i want to see it more consistently on the field right i think it's definitely there i want him to kind of you know bring that out more but having that is you know having those documented numbers at the very least is a very good sign right so i think but it's also another thing like i don't want to just sharpie those numbers in right we got to wait until the nfl combine we got to wait until we have verified measurements because a lot of times you'll see a number in feldman's freaks and it's a little bit lower when the combine comes around so again not taking it at 100 percent, but you know with chop robinson not having that elite length that elite power component and he's definitely got good power right he's shown that you can channel it with proper functional functional usage right with torquing with proper hand placement things like that uh, but i think the explosiveness and the and the, and the uh the pursuit speed is really important for him because he doesn't quite have that elite frame. So I think it was reassuring. I want to watch for more of it in 2023, but you know, it was good to see. Now, another one, and I'm going to let you talk for this one as well, because he's somebody who you are a very big fan of. That is Iowa defensive back corner safety. Um, Definitely. You know, we look at him as a cornerback, but that would be Cooper DeJean. Six foot one, 210 pounds, somebody who they say 
is going to run, you know, in the four three, somebody who they say blends that track speed and the athleticism on the football field as well. And we see that a lot. These, these track guys who don't end up being that fast on the field. And there is a very big difference between game speed and track speed. And if you are 210 pounds, six foot one with good length, former quarterback, former wide receiver played like seven sports in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're able to come in to a new position because he was recruited as a safety play corner, pick off five passes, return three for touchdowns. I mean, what is the ceiling for somebody like Cooper DeJean? It's pretty freaking high. That That's the easy answer for sure. And, you know, I think that was a sentiment that was echoed by the NFL combine trainer who was talking about the genre. I believe his name was Jordan Llewellyn. In the article, he said that, you know, he's yeah, obviously if you're an NFL combine trainer, you've worked with a lot of NFL caliber athletes. And he's out here saying Dijon is the most talented of the bunch that I have worked with, right? So that holds some weight in and of itself. But then you look at Dijon, obviously. We talked about him a little bit last week when we were talking about the top non-QB prospects in the draft, but he definitely looks the part. Six foot one, two ten. Uh, Feldman let off his his excerpt on Dijon, like corner, linebacker, safety. What is he? He legitimately looks like a safety or even a weak side linebacker when he's doing his run fits. I mean, this is a guy who has the strength, the gap awareness, right? You know, the ability to shed blocks and finish tackles. I mean, he's phenomenal in support and it shows up with that size. But then you watch him drop into coverage and off man and zone, right? Explosive, very free flowing athlete out of transitions, right? You know, the fluidity, not quite elite. And I think that muscle bound frame has a little bit to do with that. Sometimes he'll get he'll get caught in the lurch. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. beat him a couple of times on those on those um those routes going out to the uh, to the flat, right? Because, you know, he's just so flexible. It's tough to compete with that. But Dijon, especially when he's running in a straight line, when he triggers on a pass, right, the explosiveness, the speed to hawk in front of those passes and pick off those plays and generate those turnovers, that is there. The agility and the twitch is all there. The transition speed is there. Uh, so I think having all of that at 6'1", 210, man, you asked what the ceiling is, right? Because the fluidity isn't quite elite, right? I'm hesitant to say it's like a blue chip ceiling or anything, but I do think you're looking at a guy who's already proven himself as a playmaker in both phases in coverage, right? A turnover generator, and then very, very good run support player as well, who's very, you know, the utility is strong because of his play strength, because of his frame, because of his ability to respond quickly with that explosiveness. So a really complete overarching physical skill set is the foundation here. And that's a very, very safe thing to bank on. So Cooper DeJean, big fan of his, as you mentioned. And this article really kind of put that all in the spotlight, the the athletic foundation that he has. And on top of that, too, expected to run in the four threes. That's the kind of speed that at that size, man, that's a lot to deal with. Whether you're a receiver or whether you're a blocker out in open field trying to complete your assignment, he's going to make you pay every time. Absolutely. Um, I think when... When I'm looking at a corner, for me, it's more about their reactive athleticism um, and their ability to process what they're seeing in front of them. And I think when I look at them and I see a former quarterback who is able to play that position, has that intimate knowledge of being on the other side of things, I think is incredibly important. And I think when you look at that, it's pretty easy to see why he's able to trigger downhill and get to some of these passes because... Five interceptions is nothing to scoff at the college level at the NFL level. It doesn't really matter. But then also to have that creativity and the ability with the ball in your hands to return three of those for touchdowns as well is huge. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see 
how far he is able to to kind of bring his draft stock in. Not just that, but to be able to, you know, push boundaries on stereotypes. And and <laughs> I, 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 I listen, it, it's something that we're going to have to talk about all year because at the end of the day, he is going to be a white cornerback trying to play in the NFL. And it's just not something that we see in the NFL. It's not something that we saw, like I said last week, since Jason Seahorn at, at a, a starting caliber level consistently mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting to see what riley moss does is in denver as a third round pick but we're looking at legitimate round one expectations here and i think with six foot one with 210 pounds somebody who is as physical as he is and i think that that's the biggest thing that i saw when i was not watching him but watching that iowa defense when i was watching some other big 10 stuff um the physicality that he's able to bring is really what I enjoy out of all corners. Um, yeah, but sure. to, to have that is, is a lot of fun for me to watch. Yeah. One more thing that we need to know with, with the John too, is like, these are high quality interceptions too. They're not, you know, deflections, right? This is him putting himself in the perfect position. This is him, you know, timing his breaks very fast, very well, uh, and just identifying passes and kind of getting in front of them. Right. So it's not just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. It's putting himself in the right position with his route identification skills, with his football IQ, and then with his smooth athleticism and being able to transition so effectively. An athlete is an athlete, man. And and Cooper DeJean, we've seen athletic guys try to convert to corner and fail. Troy Apke was one for Washington who tried to convert to corner, and you just don't have the, you know, the reaction speed, right, the football IQ. But DeJean definitely has all of those things working in tangent uh, for him at Iowa. So I'm very excited to see what he can do. We're near the 29-minute mark, so we're getting close to the end here. Uh, any other prospects that stood out to you on this Feldman's Freaks list that you want to bring up, Dalton? I know we've covered a lot of ground in the preseason runnings this far, and there's a lot of players to mention. So any guys in particular for you that you want to bring up before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so, but I, I did want to ask you a question uh, about somebody who I haven't really gotten a chance to mm-hmm. look at, somebody who isn't playing, isn't starting for their football team, but it's... Uh, Alex Orgy from Michigan. And I'm wondering if you have any lowdown on him being in that general area overall. I'll be honest. I know a little bit, right? Uh, He's not, he wasn't at the top of my priority list because he's kind of buried on the depth chart. I don't expect him to play a ton. I do expect them to maybe scheme him some touches because he is a freak athlete. I think against Colorado State last year, he had a touchdown on his legs using that freak athleticism at around what, like 6'3, 6'4, 240, right? The dude has a ton of size, a ton of speed foot speed as well so not just you know not just a lumbering guy not just a one speed guy in in a linear mode like he can actually make guys miss too so he's a fun athlete a fun player i don't know how much playing time he gets but a guy to watch because of those high-end tools for sure yeah i mean jj mccarthy somebody who we are going to talk about next episode do you see how i just did that do you see how i just did that That i real real quick did that before you get on that on that episode ending rhythm though i do want to bring up some names (laughs) i do want to bring up some names so real quick no bring up the names i'm going to be lightning round here i've got we've we've got a ton of notes for the feldman's freaks list and i'm just going to go at it obviously we got guys like jared verse and 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 mason smith and brock bowers who we neglected to mention we know they're freaks right but here are a Mm -hmm. few other guys that are kind of under the radar jalen white from uh, georgia southern running back six foot 215 pounds Uh, he broke the alabama high school season rushing record uh, 40-inch vertical, 10-4 broad jump, 360 bench, 620 squat. He caught my eye when I was going through Sunbelt teams. I really like the size and the explosiveness and the contact balance that he has. He could be a legitimate sleeper. 
Uh, you've got Jordan Birch and Brandon Dorless on this list. I was really happy to see them. Davin Van from NC State, 6'2", 278, 479, 40 yard dash, 33 inch vertical, high motor guy. He's got some alignment versatility. Excited to see what he can do. Uh, Troy has a very good edge duo with R- Richard Jabunor and Javon Solomon, who was on this list. Six foot two, two fifty, uh, four hundred twenty bench, six hundred pound squat, reached over twenty one point six miles per hour on the GPS. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, interception machine, ball hawk, but he's also a phenomenal physical talent. Six foot two hundred, he can reportedly run in the four threes with the forty yard dash, max speed of twenty three point five eight miles per hour. TCU had a ton of quality prospects. Uh, Malik Mustafa from Wake Forest, 5'10", 205, uh, 36 and a half inch vertical, has hit 23 miles per hour in a game. And Dalton, you know how impressive this is being in the gym all the time, but his bench squat and, and clean combined for over 1,300 pounds. So I know there's like a thousand pound club, which is very distinguished. He's up to 1,300. That's just insane. Kendall Bowler, safety from Florida A&M. 5'11", 190, 434, 40-yard dash, 10'11", broad jump. He's actually caught my eye a few times. I remember early in the 2022 season, range, really good functional athleticism, managing those zones and space. So a fun player, Sundayata Anderson, edge, Grambling State, David Walker, edge, Central Arkansas, Malachi Corley. We know our guy Ian Valentino over at PFN really likes him. Uh, DeCorian Clark from UTSA. And then a few other small school guys that we're going to rattle off. Thor Griffith, defensive tackle, Harvard. Colby Taylor, corner, Wyoming. Jaquan Burton, Florida Atlantic wide receiver. Jacob Dobbs, linebacker from Holy Cross. Ryan Flournoy, Southeast Missouri State wide receiver. Tommy Mellett, quarterback from Montana State. Javon Morgan, corner from Florida A&M. Ty French at Gardner-Webb, edge rusher. Justin Blazek, defensive lineman from Wisconsin-Platteville. P.J. Jules, defensive back from Southern Illinois. Uh, Robert Horsey, Southern Utah defensive tackle, Nash Jones, offensive tackle from Texas State, Chris Walker, Montana tackle, Trevor Williams, linebacker from Sam Houston State, and Tyrick Mitchell, defensive tackle from Southeastern Louisiana. So we know the Blue Blood programs, the Power Five programs, they get a lot of the prestige, the pedigree, right? But uh, there's those small school teams, they got some talent talent too so it's gonna be fun to watch and fun to kind of sift through and see how many of those guys end up being those gems late in the 2024 nfl draft cycle i'm interested uh especially in in robert horsey um Mm -hmm. for me defensive tackle southern utah frostburg uh is in kind of my neck of the woods from where i grew up it's a couple of hours southwest of me but a really pretty campus really pretty football field down there Uh, interested to see how athletic he really is on tape when we eventually get the Southern Utah tape for yes, 2023. Sir. I'm excited. Um, that's it for us. We, like I said, are going to talk about quarterback six through quarterback 10 in Ian's top 10 list coming up in the next episode. That will be players like JJ McCarthy, players like Quinn Ewers, players like Spencer Rattler, who I became very acquainted with over the past couple of days watching way too many games of his uh and who else are we going to be talking about michael Michael Penix jr will be there jeff sims from nebraska will be a very interesting one to talk about obviously we don't have enough tape on him yet we gotta see Mm -hmm. what he does with the corn huskers but very fun physical talent uh so those are the names i think in that six to ten range i'll double check but quinn ewers jj mccarthy they lead it off And we will also be talking about some of the honorable mentions, uh, and he might not have even honorably mentioned them, but I'm going to honorably (laughs) mention a couple of quarterbacks because this is such a good class. I'm really excited about the senior 
And I think part of it is so many guys are staying four or five, even six years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like Bo Nix has been a, a quarterback in college football for about 12 years now. Yeah. And he's going to end up being quite possibly a first round pick. I'm, I'm very interested in this quarterback class overall. A lot of great talents, but that is all we have for you guys today on the PFN scouting podcast. Make sure that you guys are giving us five star reviews. Make sure that you guys are following us wherever you guys listen to your podcast and make sure that you guys are subscribing to the YouTube channel. Give us that five star review. Make it funny. I like to read funny stuff. If you got to make fun of me for saying um too many times, go ahead and do it. I already know I do it. I'm trying to fix it. We will get better. We will watch the tape. We will improve. I love you guys. Goodbye.